Welcome to the Joshua Nema Show, where you get a shot of truth with your coffee. My name is Joanne Moore, and I'm the head of the Feed My Sheep Ministries, and I'm hosting today because Joshua Anima is not available this week, so he is allowing me to be the host. I'd like to share with you a miracle healing of my back that God did for me by applying the principles of God's Word that always work. Uh, at the end of uh, 2018, sometime on September of 2018, my back began to hurt me on the right side and my leg on the right side. And it progressively got worse and worse until I couldn't walk anymore. The pain was so bad I had to be, you know, and I graduated from a cane to a walker to a wheelchair. And it was so bad that the only thing available to me was surgery. And I spent uh, like all of 2019 on the sofa, flat on my back. I could only get up slowly with help to go to the bathroom and then back to the sofa or to go in the kitchen for five minutes to try to wash some dishes. I couldn't stay on my feet longer than five to maybe eight minutes because the pain was so bad. But by the end of um, 2019, um, I was told that if I stayed on that back and never walked, I would never walk again. So uh, my son said he would take me for a walk. So I began to holding on to him, cane on one side or walker on one side, and holding him on the other, I began to walk every night in terrible pain. And I couldn't drive even at that time. What happened is I couldn't drive because when I sat down, the pain was so good. I mean, it was so bad that I couldn't drive. I had a pain management doctor where I got um, codeine, and you're supposed to take it like every eight hours. I was taking it every two or three hours because the pain was so bad. Even with the codeine, it wasn't working hardly. And um, they, they said I could go to therapy. I couldn't even walk into the therapy place. Uh, so they gave me a shot in my back. That didn't work, no effect. At that, and so I stayed on my back all day, just watching Christian television. I had one teaching ministry after another, and so I realized I could be healed by faith, but I never could get up the faith. So uh, what I did was I kept reading the Bible, and I was just totally incapacitated. I just was my life was over. I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't see anyone. And then the pandemic started, and so I told God while I'm lying on that sofa, I said. If you heal my back and give me my life back again, I promise you I will go on the Internet and tell them how you healed me. Because many times in the past, I've always had many books God wanted me to write. And I, I remember one time I was at Disneyland and my heart was jumping all around and my mom was with me. And she was going to, she said she's calling an ambulance. I go, no, mom, no, it'll straighten up in a minute. And, I, and then I made all these promises that you heal my back save me from this, you know, at Disneyland, and I, I won't eat butter anymore, and I made all these promises to not eat butter and, and to write these books, never wrote any of them, so I told them, this time you can trust me, <laughs> I know maybe a lot of people make promises to God, and then he answers them, and then they don't do it, I keep putting off to tomorrow, and now I'm older, and I, you know, I thought, uh, I have to let the world, this is one promise I have to keep, so what happened was, I um, by by the end here I am on the sofa in 19 and into 20. I had to go, have um, ice on my legs. I had to 
uh, but I thought, Satan, you're not going to take my Bible away from me because I read the Bible for an hour or more every morning. And I, I couldn't sit up to read the Bible. So here I'm holding this Bible on my back, and I had to get a different Bible that had a soft cover so I could put it in half so I could hold it up uh, to read it. So um, what happened was, uh, if, I'd see, if I ever talked to anyone on the phone, or I mean, I couldn't go anywhere. And because of the COVID, nobody could come over. And so uh, if they'd ask me how I was doing, I'd tell them about the pain and everything. And then uh, God spoke to me in my spirit and said, why are you telling people about the pain? And he, he showed me, tell people I'm getting better and better every day. And, if, and here's what he told me. He said, if I don't give up on God, God won't give up on me. And I know that's scriptural because, you see, my whole life, since I was a kid, my grandfather taught me about healing. I mean, yes, about healing and about faith. And he said, you know, with the faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. And all things are possible. Jesus said, all things are possible to him who can believe. But the problem was I never knew how to get the faith. When I, If I would have read the Bible in those days, I was a teenager, and I didn't read the Bible. You carry it to church, you carry it home. If I would have just opened it up, Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I found out through experience and reading it. We've been uh, reading it for, you know, cover to cover for the last seven years. And in any event, I learned so much and I grew so much in faith just by reading God's word. And I found out it's true. Faith comes by hearing and hearing God's word. So here I'm hearing it on the TV, the Christian channels, uh, Trinity Broadcasting Network and the Daystar Network. These teaching ministers, not the ones that are just preaching, but the ones that are actually teaching you God's word. And so I began listening to those words. And I, I found out about healing that it actually works by speaking it. We live in a voice-activated universe. God spoke the universe into existence by speaking words. And he made, it says in the Bible in Genesis that God made man in his image and he made man he gave him authority to exercise that authority with words and it says in proverbs 18:21, death and life is in the power of the tongue so when god spoke he created the universe genesis 2 7 says man became a living soul and in psalms 33 6 through, through 9 when god spoke he created the universe. And Hebrews 11:3 says the universe was formed by God's words. And 2 Peter 3, 5 through 7 says God made the heavens with his word. And Genesis 1, 26 says that God made man in his image and gave him dominion over the whole earth. And 2 Corinthians 4, 13 says we believe and therefore we speak. And it says in Job, we shall decree a thing, and it shall be so. So what I want you to understand about healing, though, is there's a lot of misconceptions about healing, things that people have come to believe, because I don't mean to be a critic of churches, but there are a lot of churches, at least in my experience, the different churches I went to, there was no teaching. There was absolutely, no, as a matter of fact, I didn't find any teaching ministry until I, back in the 80s, I found uh, Pastor uh, Dr. Fred Price, back in the 1980s, 
teaching about faith, and that's the first time I ever learned how to walk by faith. So now there are some basic principles about healing and about God and about faith that are unchangeable, just like gravity. If you drop something, it's going down. It's not going anywhere else but down because that's the law of gravity. Just like there are laws in the realm of physics, there are laws in the spirit realm. And what people have to realize about healing is it's a past tense deal. It's not something God does now. He already did it. When man fell by sinning in the garden, disobeying God, eating from the tree, he told them, in the day you eat thereof, you will surely die. Well, they did eat, and they did die spiritually. But remember, man is a tripart being. He's a spirit, he lives in a body, and he has a mind, whereas his senses and his emotions. When he ate from that tree, he separated from God like a phone being disconnected. And he began to die physically. It took almost a thousand years later he died physically, but he immediately died spiritually. And God began to set forward his plan for redemption, which was from the foundation of the world. Now, one of these principles is that you have to understand, if it says in God's word that you're healed, you are healed. It says in Isaiah 53, 3, by Jesus' stripes, we were healed. So if the word says we're healed, we're healed. It doesn't matter what you feel like. It doesn't matter what the doctor says. It doesn't matter what anyone says. It doesn't matter if you have pain all over your body. If the Bible says you're healed, you're healed. But how do you bring that healing into manifestation? That's where words come into play. Words are powerful. I'm not going to get into it in this message. I can do it maybe in another message if Joshua's kind enough to let me come back uh, on the show. But um, the things that were spoken over me as a kid came true as an adult. These things were spoken regarding who I was going to marry, what I was going to be, and all these different things that happened to me and my brother because of words that were spoken over us. Good, mostly good words, but some words through ignorance were spoken that shouldn't have been spoken. For example, my grandfather uh, told us we're bad at math in this family. Sure enough, it came true. I've always been bad at math. Came true in all my grades. And then he said, we're really good at writing. That was my best subject. I got compliments from every teacher everywhere. All my writing. But there are so many things that happen to us with words that are spoken over to us, words whether they're true or false, we take them into our spirit, we believe them, and they happen in our life. Now, what you've got to realize, one of the most important truths, there's certain basic principles in God's word that you have to understand. God never lies. If he promises healing in his word, he never lies. In fact, the Bible says it's impossible for God to lie. And it says that in three different places, maybe more. It's in Numbers 23, 19, in Titus 1 and 2, and Hebrews 6, 18. It's impossible for God to lie. So if he has a promise in his book for healing, that healing is true. So when God promised when Adam and Eve sinned, he said, it says that by the seed of the woman, you know, salvation would be brought. There was salvation from the foundation of the world because it says that Jesus was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. You see, Jesus was willing to give his life so we could be saved. God loved us so much. That's why the Bible says in John 3:16, for God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, God could have said, you know, you guys screwed up. I'm starting over. That's it. But this time I'm not going to give you a free will. But the thing is, if we were truly to be made in the image and likeness of God, we had to have a free will. And the problem with the free will is you could choose wrong, and they did. But Jesus basically basically said, Dad, prepare me a body. I will go down. I'll become a human, and I will die instead of them. And that is what happened. Jesus came down, died on the cross. It's written in the Bible. Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Jesus took the curse for us, went to hell, paid the price. At the end of three days, God rose him from the dead, victorious, where he took his blood, deposited on the mercy seat in heaven forever as a testimonial and evidence of the fact that we have been healed. And that's the basis of Isaiah 53, 3. It says, by Jesus' stripes, we were healed. Now, what you need to understand is there's a difference between truth and fact. Now, your body may be hurting, and the doctor may be right in his diagnosis of your current physical condition. That's a fact. But the truth is fundamental, and a truth will always trump a fact. If you begin to speak the truth of God's word, that before you even got sick, Jesus died to get you healed. He shed his blood for your healing. He was stri- he, he was beaten with stripes. That By these stripes, you were healed. And you have to realize that's a truth. Truth is stronger and will outweigh fact. And as you continue to speak the truth that by Jesus' stripes, you were healed, it will become a reality in your life. Now, healing is a process. You know, we all want it immediately. Now, there are circumstances that is uh, within the sovereignty of God to immediately heal someone. He has that capability. And at any time you can, if God feels like giving a miracle, he can do that. Otherwise, the Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And it also says in another place that the just or the justified, really, those who are saved, shall live by faith. So God's provided us to be healed by faith. Even though it was Jesus that died for us, went to hell for us, and suffered on the cross and in hell for us, we can only appropriate it by speaking it, by taking it into our heart. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. This is a principle, one of the important basic principles that I want you to, want you to realize. First of all, as I said, it's impossible for God to lie. So if God said it, it's true. Just accept that fact. If you don't feel good or if a doctor says you're sick, confess God's word. But you have to understand, faith comes by hearing and hearing God's word. Faith comes by hearing. Faith goes by speaking. In other words, you get faith by continually hearing God's word. Read God's word. Speak God's word. And you'll have faith. But you spend God's word by speaking it. What God had told me to do basically is to say everywhere I went, I'm getting better and better every day. And God said, if, if I don't, and I know, here's what he said, if I don't give up on God, he won't give up on me. And that's what I told everybody. Everywhere. They say, how are you doing? And I still had the, I still had the pain. But I said, I'm getting better and better every day. 
and if I don't give up on God, he won't give up on me. And gradually the pain began to go away. And then I, I was able to walk and I, I still needed the cane. Then my son said, you better take the cane. I, I go, no, finally, I didn't need the cane. I didn't need the walker anymore. I was able to walk. It took, it, it was a long time. But see, uh, everything in God's world in creation is a process. Even God took six days to create the universe. Six days. And everything is by, just like if you plant a lemon tree, you put the seed in the ground. But you don't go out tomorrow and say, where's the lemon? It takes a few days to germinate and so forth before you see the sprout and so forth. So you have to wait. And if God, you know, a lot of people, and I think a lot of churches have taught, sometimes God says yes, and sometimes he says no. It's like God may not be in the mood to heal you. Well, the first promise I, I want you uh, to understand is that it is always God's will to heal you. And I'm not going to say sometimes. Now, it doesn't mean that he can't use the, uh, the sickness. I mean, Satan, Jesus said it. He said, Satan comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But I come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. It is always God's will to heal you. Now, if you have failed to receive it, that's on you. It's just like if I send you a letter and I and you give me the address, but you move. Or you gave me the wrong address. You didn't receive it. That's not my fault. I sent you the letter if you didn't get it. Now, here's one of God's promises that you can hold on to. It's one of the most important scriptures in the whole Bible. And this supports the fact that it is always God's will to heal you. First of all, God, one of God's several names you can read in the Old Testament is Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord that healeth thee. It's his name. God's name is healing. And Jesus, it says in the Bible, he healed them all. There was no one who came up to Jesus in all the crowds and said, well, I can heal you and you and you, but, uh, but not you. It, there were even those that he healed of the Gentiles when it wasn't even their time to be healed out of the compassion and mercy of God. You see, God wants us healed. You notice in that scripture, God so loved the world. It doesn't say God loved the world. That's what it says. God so loved the world. It was like he couldn't help himself. He had to do something to heal us, to, to save us, because we we screwed up. But he, you know what? He says, I'm giving you another chance. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. You see, that healing is in his nature. It's part of him. It's his name. And then uh, in 1 Peter 2.24, it says, By Jesus' stripes we were healed. That's in the New Testament. And Isaiah 53.3 is in the Old Testament. When they were putting those stripes on Jesus' back, beating him, that was for us. That was for our healing. He did that for us. He could have just died on the cross. Actually, he could have died in a much more humane way, just taking a poison pill or whatever. But he didn't came at a time when they had crucifixion throughout all history. They didn't have crucifixion at all times, but he came at a time when they did. He suffered terribly for you and me. We take it for granted because those of us who've been raised in a Christian home, we heard this our whole life. Jesus died on the cross. Big deal. It's a very big deal. Trust me. He saved us. He suffered terribly. And we need to thank him every day just for that. Every day, no matter what's going wrong. 
Everything could be going wrong. Every day we need to thank him for his great love and sacrifice for us. And so that's uh, the principle I wanted you to know. Don't ever give up this principle. Don't let any church or any preacher tell you, God doesn't always heal. He might not be in the mood. Or he might say no. Or he might say, you know, maybe. No, he promised in his word, by Jesus' stripes we were healed. Jesus healed them all. There wasn't a single one that he refused. Jesus loved them. There was a leper who came to him and they said, if you will, you can make me whole. And Jesus said, I will. Every single one. He healed them. So don't think that it's ever not his, his will to heal you. It's always his will to heal you. And it says in the Bible in 2 Corinthians 1.20, all his promises are yes and amen. You can bank on that. And Hebrews 13.8 says, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never fails. If he made a promise, he will keep it. And then uh, the next thing I want you to know is that um, healing is a process, which means that just because it is an instant, it doesn't mean it's not happening. And if you don't believe it at first, continue to confess the truth of it by memorizing scriptures, listening to scriptures, and speaking out loud. It says in the Bible, we are to call the things that be not as though they were. Words are so powerful. Like God was able to bless Abraham because he didn't care if he was 100 years old and Sarah was 90 and they never had any kids. He called the things that be not as though they were. And that's what we are to do, to call the things that be not as though they were. That's what faith does. Faith calls the things that be not as though they were. God created the universe with words. He created man in his image with words. And we're told to be imitators of God as little children. I believe it's either Romans or Hebrews that says that. And the more you speak faith, the more you will believe it because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, think of faith as spending. Faith only comes by speaking, which is spending. Faith goes into our spirit and grows as we continue to hear it, read it, and spend time with God. But it spends by speaking. I would say, I'm getting better and better every day. My leg is healed. My back is healed. I have to go to bed with ice every night. And then at a certain point, I said, I don't need this ice anymore. Well, put it next to the bed in case I need it. Then finally, just take the ice away. I don't need it anymore. The pain was gone. And now for several months, I've been walking and, and, and fine and pain-free. God has healed me. What God wants more than anything, if you read the Old Testament, you'll see that in all these different places, over and over again, the children of Israel, the Jewish children, the, the heirs of um, those that died in the wilderness because they wouldn't believe God's word. Those people died in the wilderness because he gave them, he rescued them and did all these miracles, parting the Red Sea. Then when they got there, they sent the spies in and 10 came back and said, oh, it's too hard. It's impossible. And they said, why? Oh, look, God brought us in the wilderness to kill us. And uh, how could this happen? And so forth. Um, So God said, I'll give it to them exactly what they said. And he waited like 40 years for all of them to die. 
and only their children were able to come into the promised land. Only Joshua and Caleb spoke faith to the people and said, it's a good land. We're well able to take it. God has favored us. We're well able to take the land. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. Did you know that um, it says in the Bible that the um, they called, he called, it says in the Bible they were called an evil heart of unbelief. Now, a lot of times we think of an evil heart as one that, you know, goes out and plans a murder or, or killing or stealing or something like that. But here, regarding those ten spies, they were called having an evil heart of unbelief. And God said, they will not enter into my rest because of their evil heart of unbelief. It means a lot to God. He wants us to believe him. If you could give God what he wants more than anything is to spend time alone with us. Even if you only can give him a few minutes every day, a few minutes will make all the difference in the world because every day you'll grow in that faith. We started out with an hour a day, and I'm telling you, uh, despite all the learning I have, Bible school, I went to Bible school, more than one Bible school, and I listened for years to Christian television and all the teaching ministries and read all the books. And I'm telling you, it was only this last seven years when I spent that time alone with him for over an hour reading his word directly, not hearing all the famous verses that other people quote, but the verses that I read and spoke to him about. That's when the closeness with God's word begins. He wants a people... The, the verse um, in the Bible that he is quoted over and over, when the people would disobey God, he would give them another chance, he would deliver them, and he would, and it said at the end, he says, I'll put my word, he said, I will, I put my word on their minds, and in, I'll write their word on my hearts, and he, and at the end, when he, he gave them another chance, every time they disobeyed, he says, then I'll forgive all their sins, hold none of their iniquities against them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Over and over again, after they worshipped idols, and they put their children through the fire, and disobeyed the covenant, and he kept, you know, did everything for them, and yet he would say, you know, he'd give them another chance, and he would say over and over again, then I will be their God, and they will be my people. You see, God wants that for us today. And so many of us think by going to church for one hour on Sunday, and the sermon is probably 15 or 20 minutes, that's it. We're done. We gave God his time in church, you know, put that on the time card. God loves us. He wants a relationship with us. You see, when you accept Jesus in your heart, you establish a relationship with God. There's nothing more important in the world than to do that. So that's what I wanted to impress you with today. I wanted to tell you about my testimony, how God kept his word, and I got better and better every day. Now I'm walking all over. I can walk fast, and I'm, I'm telling you I don't take any pain pills. I mean any, not even over-the-counter. You know, I, 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 I don't know if I remember to tell you, but I was so sick that I ended up in the hospital and, and by the end of 19, I got out of the hospital just before Christmas. And then when I got back home, of course, the COVID was there, and I continued to be sick into 2020. 
It wasn't until sometime last year that the pain left. And now I'm completely pain-free. God has healed me. He always heals. He's just looking for someone who will believe him. And if you want to make God happy, let him be your God, and he will be your people. You can do that by putting him first. To me, taking God first in the morning is like the tithe. The tithe is not just 10%, but it's the first of your income. The reason the tithe is important to God, it's not about the money. It's about you giving it to him first, because once you give him off the top, there may not be enough for the bills. Well, too bad. God has to come first. And that's how it is with your time. When you wake up in the morning, put him first. He put you first. He didn't, you know, just let you die and be gone. He he actually sent his only son. And Jesus willingly came. Jesus even said, nobody takes my life. I give my life for the sheep. We're serving a God who's so loving. If you could spend 10 minutes with him in the, in the morning, or arrange your life if you have a schedule where you have to get up real early. Buy some tapes, CDs of God's Word on your radio and listen to those on the way to work and on the way home. You can grow in your relationship with Him. There's nothing more wonderful in the world. And, he, and the Bible opens up to you. I used to not be. I used to not want to read the Bible because I certainly didn't understand it. And um, I don't even remember this, but my cousin was telling me that our grandmother read the Word to us every day. And she read, uh, and I don't remember that, but um, she read out of the book of Job. And I'm thinking, out of all the books in the Bible, she picked Job, where everything happened to that dear man. But yet in all that, he said, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. Well, it turns out that was only a, a few months in Job's life, and God restored everything that he lost. So we serve a good God. If you could take whatever you can do to put him first in the morning. And if you can't put him first, at least set some time every day to give him that time alone with him and begin it by just telling him how much you love him and how wonderful he is and how grateful you are for everything that he's done for you. Just thank him for all that and tell as many people about Jesus as you can. And so I, I think that's all I have to say uh, for today, except I want you to remember that Proverbs 18.21 says that death and life is in the power of the tongue. So don't forget the power of your words. When you speak to your children, say something good to them. Don't say anything negative. Tell them they're doing good. Praise them. Compliment them. Let, you know how much, let them know how much you love them. And always remember these fundamental principles that it's always God's will to heal. And he's just looking for someone who will believe him. Speak God's word every day. God's promises are true. And remember, he's not looking to hold you accountable. If there's anyone at this time who hasn't uh, been saved, let me just um, lead you in a quick salvation prayer. In the garden when Adam and Eve were separated from God through their sin, uh, he sent Jesus to die for our sins. And when Jesus paid for it, all you have to do is pray. Father, I want to be saved. I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose from the dead. And Jesus, come into my heart and save me. And if you mean that with all your heart, in that moment, you accept Jesus in your heart. It's not about what you do. It's about what he did. A lot of people think I got to do all these good things. Well, you know what? We're imperfect. We can't do these good things. 
salvation is not dependent on what good things we can do. Otherwise, it would be gone. Look what Adam and Eve, the very first man and woman that were ever made, they messed it up for all of us. Salvation is not about all your good deeds. You do good deeds because you're saved, but not to get saved. It's about what, not what you do, but what he did. And what Jesus did on that cross, he went to hell for us and rose from the dead. He carried our sins on that cross. And by Jesus' stripes, we were healed and we were saved. He shed his blood for our salvation. So if you pray, I'll just praise the prayer. Jesus, come into my heart and save me. And just pray this with me. Jesus, I believe you died for my sins and went to hell and rose from the dead. Come into my heart and save me. I give you my life. I'm going to serve you as best I can. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, you're saved right now. And you do the best you can. And if you mess up, which we all mess up, I could go away after this and do something bad. Not intentionally, but I'm saying we all mess up. But God will forgive me. You'll meet me. Father, forgive me. You do the best you can because it's the blood of Jesus that saved you. Not your good deeds, but what he did. Now, I want to pray a prayer for your healing. Remember, it was the blood of Jesus that saved you. So I just want to pray. Father, if there's anyone listening, because I prayed before this episode, that if anyone needed to be healed, especially their back, because I was supposed to get an operation. I'd seen two different doctors, and they put me in the hospital because the pain was so bad, and I was walking down the hall screaming in the night, and they had to give me something else because the pain was so bad. And uh, anyway, I ended up leaving that hospital. My son talked me out of getting the uh, the operation and I had heard only bad things about back operations. And so um, I was just believing God that by faith I would be healed and God did heal me. So let me just um, pray for you people. Father, these are the people that I prayed would listen to this message, Lord. Thank you that by Jesus stripes, they were healed father and just cover them with the blood of Jesus. I speak to those sicknesses, whatever they are, they're all covered by the blood of Jesus. Sickness, you leave these people in the name of Jesus. I bind you, Satan. You leave these people alone in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for your healing that you provided with salvation. I thank you, Father. You've healed every one of these people. And guide and lead them to laborers who will give them testimonies and, and give them books and show them where they can get more information about healing. Show them and reveal to them, Father that you have healed them and they just need to claim it in Jesus' name. Amen. And so uh, I just want to tell you a, a, a very good prayer to pray. And if you've accepted Jesus, of course, this only applies to you if you've accepted Jesus. Um, and God showed me this when I was in the hospital, that um, during this COVID time, you just pray, Heavenly Father, cover me and my family with the blood of Jesus. And the COVID will run scared the other way because there's no COVID or there's no sickness of any kind that can stand up in the face of the blood of Jesus. It's the strongest prayer you can pray because when Jesus came down for the salvation, he didn't say, here's the silver, here's the gold, now give me the salvation. He said, here's my blood. He gave his life. So the blood was the money. So you speak words of healing. Tell God every day. Memorize the healing scriptures. There's many more than these that I quoted today and praise God. Now, if there's anyone who wants a free Bible or some books on healing, I'll be glad to send them to you. Uh, just address it to Joanne Moore at 
at 18100 Kovacs Lane, number five, Huntington Beach, California, 92648. And I want to thank Joshua and Nima for letting me host his show today. God bless you.